Here we go. It's our favorite broadcast of the week, the Friday show out here at Riverwind Casino. Mike Steely here at Riverwind. you got Parker back in the uh, Buffalo Wild Wings studios getting you ready for the weekend. It's going to be a busy day today. We have tons of Oklahoma football audio. We're going to play the first two segments, a lot of player stuff. I know a lot of Brent stuff has been out there. We're going to play a lot of what the players had to say here in just a second. want to tell you about Riverwind. There's always something happening here. And uh, what is very clear is that you can win a lot of money, cash, bonus play, prizes, no doubt about it. The 75K Love to Getaway promotion uh, continues. Keep playing with your wild card, racking up points, the extra entries, and be here on the 25th when they give away First of all, a bunch of cash and bonus play. And then five patrons are going to win grand prize awards of $5,000 in cash. You can't beat that here at Riverwind Casino. They also announced earlier in the week that Beats and Bites is back. The exciting outdoor music festival also presented by Coop Aleworks. Get on out here. Bring the kids. Bring your folding chairs. Bring your appetite. There are a ton of great food trucks that will be out here. Great craft beer from Coop Ale Works, and some big-time music as well. It all kicks off on May 27th with 38 Special and Blue Oyster Cult. That'll be a great way to start the festivities. Then in June, we have a great trio of bands, Gin Blossoms, Tonic, and Soul Asylum. July 8th, Mark Chestnut, Shenandoah, and Tracy Bird. And then to wrap it all up, we'll uh, conclude the festivities for Beats and Bites for 2023 with Gary Allen on August 26th. You can get tickets right now. They're only 5 bucks. Heck of a deal. Visit the uh, website at riverwind.com. That is riverwind.com. So happy to be out here, as always, to see Justin and the crew out here at Riverwind. Parker Thune, how are we doing? Well, Steely, I'm still recovering from doing, what, 20, 25 interviews in the span of an hour yesterday. It was frenetic, but it was awesome. We got the opportunity to talk to literally every single newcomer, both incoming freshmen, early enrollee, and transfer portal acquisition for Oklahoma that is on scholarship with this football team in the year 2023. So big shout-out to Brent Venables and the Oklahoma communications staff for putting that together yesterday. It was fantastic, and obviously, as you mentioned, we'll be hearing from several of those guys and some of what they had to say yesterday throughout the show. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I love this, uh, Parker. As you mentioned, the availability was great. Great idea by OU. They're coming off a 6-7 and seven season. You know, all this talk about the SEC, there's a lot of Sooner stuff to talk about, as always. But, you know, you also get some new faces out there, build excitement again. There are some of those boomer doomers who are still out there that are probably wallowing in 6-7 and seven land. And uh, you put some fresh faces out there, get some optimism going again. Plus... What do we hear from a lot of these coaches these days, right? Culture. Not only are we trying to develop football players, we're trying to develop young men. One of the ways to do that is get those guys out in front of the media. Guess what? When they leave college, whether they play in the NFL or not, if you play in the NFL, you're going to have a ton of media availabilities you're going to have to deal with combine when you go there all of that stuff if you go into business guess what you're going to go on some big time job interviews and have to uh, impress some people when you do that you don't want to shield these kids from the media there was a guy who did that his name mule shoe for a while 
I always like the Barry Switzer approach. Switzer's guys are always available at least 95% of the time. And, uh, you know, if you're going to build these guys up, one of the things you want to do, and look, it's it's changed a little bit with the way recruiting's covered now more so than ever. You know, I'm sure P.J. Adebore has done a million interviews. Certainly Jackson Arnold has done a million interviews. But some of these kids haven't. Some of the kids in the portal. How much do you think Rondell Bothroyd has talked to the media? I'm sure he's talked to the media you know, a few times or maybe more than that, but it's different at Oklahoma than it is Wake Forest. So I love that approach from Brent Venables. If you're truly going to develop young men, get them out, let them talk to the media. There's nothing to, you know, if you want to shield a freshman, you know, if he throws an interception at the end of the game, I kind of understand that. But look who showed up after the OU Texas game right there on the podium, Davis Bevel. I mean, you learn through adversity so i like prince approach on this one of the guys i want to play right off the bat because this kid could be the most impactful player on the oklahoma defense this year and that's deshaun mccullough the kid who transferred from indiana former highly touted four-star recruit everybody in the country really wanted this kid but he followed his dad to indiana had a great freshman all-american season for the hoosiers and uh, is going to be a major impact guy for the ou defense let's hear from deshaun mccullough on what brought him to oklahoma i ended up leaving indiana at the beginning of december just due to me being a little uh too comfortable and wanting a new challenge in my life and the opportunities and the resources that Oklahoma had to offer, plus having the best defensive uh, coach ever in my eyes. So having those having those things in place was just really huge for me, and it really made this decision easy for me. Did you know Brent from before? Had he talked to you? I did. So co- coming out of high school, um, I was really, really into Clemson and Ohio State. Those were those two schools, and obviously I ended up going with Ohio State. But me and Coach Venables had a really close relationship. So when I entered the portal, it's kind of just like we picked off like where, where we left off at. So it was, it was a good experience. There you go, Deshaun McCullough. You got a question there also from Jenny Carlson. And uh, this kid, again, he has a chance to be a tremendous impact guy for Oklahoma uh, this fall. That is also our Ortho Central clip of the day. Ortho Central, great reputation. They do a fantastic job. They have clinics now in Norman, Midwest City, and the brand-new spot open now in the Tri-Cities, Newcastle, Tuttle, and Blanchard. These full-service clinics treat orthopedic and sports medicine injuries. So thank you to our friends at Ortho Central. Let's also hear from Jacob Lacey, transferring from Notre Dame into the University of Oklahoma. Should be a guy that's going to play a lot of snaps on the defensive line for the Sooners in the fall. What sold Jacob Lacey on Brent Venables? I think the biggest thing is, is, I guess the word would be honesty. I know it's kind of basic, but he just shoots you straight in what, what he says and what you can do and what you need to work on and things like that. So just uh, talking to him, knowing he's being completely honest with what he's saying is a big deal to me. So. It seems like he wants to build relationships. That's what he yes, talks sir. about a lot, especially when creating a culture. Maybe how important was that to you and how much of a sense did you get out of him that that's what he wants to do? Yeah, I mean, it's a big sense. He's dedicated to this program. He's dedicated to even the guys that came in, uh, you know, five weeks ago. We're all working together. We're all under the same roof, getting in at 6 a.m., doing whatever we need to do. So it's been been fun. Jacob Lacey talking about, again, uh, what attracted him to Oklahoma and playing for Brent Venables. 
Uh, overall impressions from you yesterday, Parker, on, uh, again, the get-together. I think it was 26 total players. Uh, the Sooners, once everybody arrives, will have 37 new players. One of the stats that hit me the most, or the numbers, was, you know, Brent talking about 53 players that were on the Alamo Bowl roster of 76. 53 of those 76 players are gone. So you've got, you've got, this is really a huge turnover we're talking about with the Oklahoma football program. I mean, it is a big turnover in all caps. No, it is, Steely, and I think the confidence that you have amidst it all is that, and here's one thing that really, really stood out to me, and here's why I think there is so much confidence despite all the turnover and what Oklahoma is building and how immediately it's going to come together once Venables and company have the chance to not just weed out the dead weight, which they did this past offseason, but also bring in guys that fit their vision. I I asked pretty much every single freshman yesterday, hey, who do you who do you hang out with typically? Just curious, because all these guys got roommates, right? And obviously you would think all of them are going to have a couple of guys that they're a little bit closer with than the rest. Literally invariably, Steely, it was astonishing. Every single one of them said, we all hang out together. There's no, there's no clickiness going on there. Uh, there aren't any, there aren't any contingents within the freshman class. No, we all hang out. We're all close with one another. We're tight knit uh, as a group of freshmen, and we're committed to being a part of the change at Oklahoma. And I just thought that was really remarkable because, again, you hear from two or three guys, you're like, okay, well, they just, they don't want to name names. They don't want to throw other guys under the bus or make it seem like they're not as close with this guy as they are with this guy. But, no, every single one of them gave me the impression that uh, we all, as a recruiting class, as incoming freshmen, we're all in this together and we're all committed to building camaraderie with one another, getting to know each other on a deeper level, and sharing a bond not just on the football field, not just in the workout room, but uh, in all of our various walks of life at the University of Oklahoma. Yeah, it was a cool deal, and we'll have more. Uh, we're going to hear from Peyton Bowen. We're going to hear from uh, Jackson Arnold, P.J. Atabare coming up in the next segment. But uh, good stuff there from Deshaun McCullough and uh, Jacob Lacey to get it started. All right, so what's on schedule for us today? Well, your text, of course. You guys are the most important, 405-651-3439 in the Air Comfort Solutions text line. That is 405-651-3439. Sooners at Texas tomorrow in Big 12 basketball, 1 o'clock on ESPN+. Plus. Cowboys will be in Fort Worth to take on TCU. They'll also be on ESPN+, Plus at 1 o'clock. You get that huge game between Baylor and Kansas at the Fog tomorrow at 3 o'clock. Regular ESPN broadcast there for Baylor and Kansas. Uh, Sooner baseball starting today. The opener against... Uh, California Baptist today, 3 o'clock over at Mitchell Park. The OU women's softball team, number one in the country, 5-0. and Won all those games out in the Mark Campbell Invitational in Irvine, California last week. They're in Waco, Texas today. They will take on Longwood College today at 12.30. That'll be on Sooner Sports TV. All right? OU and Longwood College. I only know of Longwood College because former NBA player Jerome Kersey, uh, who spent most of his time in Portland, uh, played at Longwood College. Little known fact. Uh, Sooners will play uh, Stephen F. Austin tomorrow and Army tomorrow, and then on Sunday they'll have a noon matchup with Baylor. So Patty 
Gas Owen Company so far, starting out the season at 5-0. and We have the NBA All-Star break. Uh, Shea just alexander will play in the game representing the Thunder. You also have the Rising Stars Challenge uh, tonight. And both uh, Josh Giddy and J-Dub, Jalen Williams, will play for uh Kim Noah's team tonight. It's a four-team event. They'll play three games. It's kind of like a mini tournament. But uh, both Josh Giddy and Jalen Williams, J will be in the Rising Stars Challenge tonight. Tigers playing at Genesis after a nice round of 69, better than I expected yesterday. That you know that birdie streak, 16, 17, and 18 with JT and Rory. That was great stuff yesterday. That was vintage Tiger. He's out on the course right now. And at last check, he was even par for the day. Two under for the tournament, uh, starting his second nine uh, at Riviera out in L.A. Cut line looks like it's going to be at even par. So uh, I think it would be great be great for Tiger to be able to play the weekend. He needs as many reps as he can get. So we got a lot of things happening. We're going to come back. want to thank, first of all, also Lasher Home Comfort Systems, our friend Tim Lasher, great Sooner, great company. They will do great work for you. Heating and air needs, you need those addressed. Lasher Home Comfort Systems, 405-579-3113. When we get back, we'll hear from Peyton Bowen. We'll hear from Jackson Arnold. We'll hear from P.J. Atabare, And we'll start taking your texts as well. Stay with us right here on the Home of Sooner Fans, the ref. It is Friday. Let's party. Like I said, I, I don't party very much. A party for me is like, you know, an early seniors dinner and maybe a bowl of ice cream. Well, not really a bowl, you know, a container of ice cream. Full container. So, uh, anyway, how's everybody doing? We're getting ready for the weekend. Mike Steely here talking Sooner Sports on the ref. How we doing? Uh, yesterday, so many media availabilities. Not only Brent Venables, but again, uh, I believe it was 26 total players, or maybe the 26 was with Brent included. But uh, the bottom line is it was great to see, you know, all those new faces coming in in the 2023 class and all the guys coming in uh, from the portal as well. Now, Parker, you have dealt a lot with Peyton Bowen and Jackson Arnold. I mean, you've been covering them for years now, and you know they're pretty uh, good you know, doing interviews because they've had a lot of practice, right? I mean, a ton of it. Yeah, needless to say, when you're a five-star, you're getting a ton of media attention. So uh, this is old hat for Jackson Arnold and Peyton Bowen. And especially when you're a five-star playing in the state of Texas, I mean, you're doing interviews on interviews on interviews every single week as soon as your game ends. So these guys are used to the attention. uh, They're used to the limelight. And they handled their business accordingly yesterday. Yeah, and uh, I think yesterday Peyton Bowen, you know, I'd heard uh, some from Peyton Bowen, a lot of stuff from Jackson Arnold, but uh, this I, I love this clip right here. This is Peyton Bowen. You know, there's there's some naysayers out there. Oh, Brent Venables, man, great coordinator, but 6-7 and seven at Oklahoma. They, they ignore, you know, the roster turnover to some extent. Look, Oklahoma really should never be 6-7, and seven. and last year was a disappointment. But you've got to be thinking about the future and rebuilding the foundation and the structure, the culture of this program. Here is what Peyton Bowen said yesterday when he was asked, why are you such a believer in Brent? Just like the culture, I mean, and Venable's defense, just like like I heard multiple times, history repeats itself. 
Mike, for many, many years, Venables had the number one defense in in college football. And so, like, I knew that he didn't have his squad. Like, he didn't have his class, really. Like, Lincoln took half the people to, with them. And so, like, he was kind of – he was, like, building from the ground up, which he got a lot of – he got a lot of stuff for, for going six and seven. But, I mean – with the class he brought in this year for defense, I think we'll have a really – and, like, we have so much veteran leadership coming back that we can definitely do something. There you go. I love that right there. That's good stuff from Peyton Bowen. And, again, five-star recruits. We know what happened on signing day. He's got a chance to be an All-American player and go on and play on Sundays in the National Football League. But one thing we will never forget about Peyton Bowen is what happened on signing day i can still remember i was right there at balfour sooner fans were listening in waiting for the updates and uh, all of a sudden uh a plank was on at the time and they said well here's peyton bowen right here and you know so we turned it up louder and people were flabbergasted because peyton bowen picked up the oregon hat there wasn't even a sooner hat on the table and said he was headed to oregon well he never signed that nli the national letter of intent with the Ducks, and then speculation started, well, Oklahoma's still in this deal, and they were, and they ended up getting the commitment uh, and the signature on a national letter of intent from Peyton Bowen. But it wasn't without a total frenzy situation with Sooner fans, and I'm sure to an extent his high school teammate Jackson Arnold. Let's hear from Peyton and Jackson Arnold on all of that signing day chaos and Jackson Arnold thinking he still had to recruit Peyton to come to OU. He called me at like midnight, so I already signed. Like, he didn't know that though. He like he called me. He was like getting this big speech ready, and he was like, "All right, bro, listen." So like, I know like what you're doing and stuff like that. And I was like, "Bro, I'm booming." What you? I was like, "I'm booming." He was like, "Stop playing." I was like, "Yeah, like I'm booming." And then um, he was like, "He was like, bro, stop playing." I was like, "I swear, bro. Do you like? Do you want me to send you the papers?" Like. So I sent it to him. He was like, bro, I had this whole speech ready. Like, I was going to, like, pour my heart and soul out into you. And so he didn't really say too much after that, but he he was ready to. I was about to go on a whole rant pretty much. I I don't remember anymore what I was going to say, but I was going to do anything I could to make him sign with us. <laughs> that Parker, uh, the next time I walk into the station, you say, Steely, how you doing? I'm going to say, bro, I'm booming. Oh, man. And, you know, what you'll recall is that on that day, that was literally – so we'd done the OU Insider Signing Day special, and Jackson Arnold was our last guest. We wrapped up with him right about 1030. And, like, you could just tell – we talked a little bit about the Bowen thing with him at the time. And you could just tell he was was pretty pissed about how everything had gone that day. And he said all the politically correct things. He said, look, I'm happy for Peyton – uh, he made the decision that was best for him. But it's it's not that surprising to know that about an hour later, he was getting ready to give Peyton every reason in the world why he should be in Oklahoma sooner. Good stuff right there. I love that. I love that stuff. I think both those kids are special and uh, got a feeling they're going to live up to the hype. I got, I got to tell you, I'm like Forrest Gump. I'm not a smart man. But I, I was thinking about this on the way over, and I don't think I've ever asked it. And I, I think the answer is no, but I'm not 100% certain. Have there ever been two five-stars from the same high school signed with Oklahoma in one class? I mean, I'm sure it's happened nationally somewhere, probably Alabama. But 
I mean, just how rare that truly is, you know, just let that sink in. Yeah, yeah. well. Not I'm, two five stars from the state of Texas, two five stars from the same high school. Yes, and there have been other instances, sure, nationally. I think there were actually a couple instances this past cycle even. But, yeah, to have two guys from the same high school and two guys that aren't related at that. Yeah, Two guys point. from the same high school that are both five-star prospects, both signing with the University of Oklahoma. Yeah, I, I would figure that has to be unprecedented. Yeah, and look, when, uh, you know, Lucius was the first Selman uh, to play at OU, and then his younger brothers, Leroy and Dewey, came along, and I, I'm not sure there was a ranking service at that time. Both those guys probably would have been uh, at least high four stars, and we know they both turned out to be great players. Leroy's in, in Canton. Uh, it's got a highway named after him out in Tampa. He was that great. But, yeah, I I don't know. Maybe somebody knows the answer to that question, but I, I'm almost certain that it would be a no. Okay. Uh, one last comment from another five-star, P.J. Atabare, out of the Kansas City area. Sooner fans excited to see him out there on the edge making plays in his career. Let's hear from P.J. You know, they're going through these workouts with Schmitty. They're, uh, you know, they're making their way into the system, into the culture, into the program at Oklahoma. And P.J. said he has actually seen a lot of those teammates coming together during these early workouts. Oh, yeah, uh, it's been good. Been able to build good relationships with everyone here. Uh, they've been very uh, welcoming. Uh, and, yeah, it's been a good process so far. But, yeah, it's been it's been intense. Uh, it's been a grind. It's been tough for sure. But, you know, you just got to go. You got to attack it. You know, that's why I'm here. I'm here for those type of challenges. I think it's going to be good because you want to have a team that's, you know, that, you know, everyone's close, everyone's friends. You can count on everyone. Everyone, you can just count on them. Uh, so, yeah, it's, you just need that in a team, you know what I'm saying? P.J. Adabare, and you still think, Parker, of those three, he will be the guy you think – earliest in his career that will probably make a big impact for OU. Absolutely. And I think PJ's a guy that's, you know, and we've talked about it, based on what he brings to the table physically, he's just got a skill set that's already rare and pretty unparalleled in that Oklahoma locker room. He's arguably the most physically gifted player on the roster immediately. And so it will be very difficult for them to keep the, to keep him off the field in year one. And that doesn't necessarily mean he starts. That doesn't necessarily mean he's out-snapping guys like Reggie Grimes and Marcus Stripling. But you're going to see P.J. on the football field in some capacity. And I think you'll see him making plays in year one because that dude is a menace off the edge. And he will be just as dominant against college offensive linemen as he was against the best high school offensive lineman in the country at the All-American game. All right, break time. It's Friday, heading into the weekend. Always uh, good to say that. And uh, we're here at Riverwind Casino. Friday at Riverwind means also a great night over at the River Buffet. Steak night, all-you-can-eat steak, all the fixings, great dessert bar afterwards. Big time, big time. If you want to get your, uh, you know, maybe set a new record for calorie consumption, Steak night here at Riverwind at the River Buffet is unbelievable. Get out here and play with your wild card as they are giving away $95,000 in cash and bonus play and prizes here at Riverwind in the month of February. Still to come when they have the drawing on February 25th. Five grand prize winners are going to win $5,000 cash each. Each patron, $5,000 cash each. You could be that person. Get out here, play with your wild card at Riverwind. We'll get to all of your texts with Parker when we get back here on The Ref.
Friday edition, Steelman and Thune here on the home of Sooner fans, the Ref Radio Network. Great to have you along for the ride today. We appreciate it. Tim Lasher, Lasher Home Comfort Systems, 405-579-3113. You need uh, heating and air work done? That's the place to be. Tim Lasher, Lasher Home Comfort Systems, 405-579-3113. Here at Riverwind, tonight is steak night at the River Buffet. Tomorrow night, seafood night. And then Sunday, a great brunch. They've got other great dining options out here, like Chips and Ales Pub Restaurant. Won't miss the game there. It's a great little spot, great menu. I love the chicken pot pie over there. They also have a really good food court. I think these are really good choices. I mean, they may not be the healthiest choices, but they're good choices. You've got Taco Bueno, Burger King, Panda Express, and, that, and, and an IHOP. They've had an IHOP here for a while, too. So you can always eat well here at Riverwind Casino. Parker, you ready to get to the Air Comfort Solutions text line? Let's go there right now and see what the folks are saying. Uh, with, with 2024 moved to SEC set in stone, has there been any update on new facilities? Asks one listener in the 918. Uh, Brent Venables briefly touched on that yesterday but didn't go into a ton of detail. As far as updates in the sense of, you know, blueprints, rough budget estimates, there's nothing really new as far as that is concerned. But obviously improving the football facilities is paramount. That's part of why Oklahoma brought in Thad Turnipseed uh, is to assist with the development of better football facilities. And so that is something that's going to be happening over the next few years at Oklahoma. And we saw kind of the first step taken in that regard last summer when they demolished the Switzer or not the switch, but the Bud Wilkinson building across from the football stadium. Uh, Elsewhere on the Air Comfort Solutions text line. Hey, Steely, no one cares about Oklahoma football. Give us Tiger updates. Well, I can tell you right now that Tiger is even par on the day. He's through 11 holes. He started on the backside uh, early this morning uh, about uh, 9.30 Oklahoma time. He's still... Uh, in line to play the weekend, uh, he is tied for 26th right now at 200 par, even par on the day. And, uh, again, it looks like the cut's going to be at even or plus one. So uh, if Tiger plays pretty steady golf down the stretch, maybe makes a birdie or two, obviously he'll be maybe up in the top ten. But it certainly looks like he's going to make his way to the weekend. What was amazing yesterday, you know, the birdie, the, the dart he fired in on 16. 17 and 18 at Riviera, again, birdie, 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 the exchange. Well, and, and the one exchange with, with uh, JT when he outdrove him on one of the holes on the back nine uh, was interesting. But Tiger was out driving JT and Rory quite a bit. And, again, his ball speed was in the high 170s, you know, getting in a couple times to the uh, the low 180s. A couple times yesterday and again the tour average is 172 now we're talking about a guy again who's 45 years old has plantar fasciitis and a bum ankle so this guy we we all know what he's superhuman he's not infallible we know he's made a lot of mistakes but when it comes to playing golf he's the best that's ever teed it up i know jack has 18 majors but i still don't think he ever played at the level that tiger did very close and then you talk about Sam Snead and Tiger both being tied with 82 career PGA Tour victories. Well, 
That doesn't throw in, again, the, some of the international victories for Tiger. Sam Snead won some of those in team events back in the day. So Tiger, again, he's the greatest player of all time. And, uh, you know, if he, he can put another week together, we could win maybe one or two more times. And it might if, if he's going to win a major, it's going to be, of course, at Augusta. So that was a lot of fun yesterday. Patrick on the text line says, if Tiger could make a putt inside of eight feet, he'd be six under. Yeah, he. Uh, I, I saw before I came over here to set up that he had a great look on the 11th and he had a great look on the uh, on the 12th. And yeah, the putter. You know, the putter was great for him down the stretch yesterday. But uh, keep in mind, this guy hasn't played. You know, a real competitive round. The PNC is not that that he plays with Charlie. The last competitive round he played against real competition was last July at St Andrews. So. You know, uh, the question for Tiger, you know, moving forward is his health. Can he walk 72 holes over a four-day stretch and, you know, go out and play practice rounds too? He's going to play an extremely limited schedule, all the majors, and then probably three more events. I would say the Memorial, the players, maybe another one. Uh, But can you get enough reps in? you know, against the best players in the world playing that limited schedule. So, But I love seeing him. He's always said he's not going to be a ceremonial golfer. He's not going to tee it up if he doesn't think he can win. And I know he says that, and some people say, oh, Tiger says that all the time. But I still think he legit believes that, that he can go out there and win. I don't think he'd be playing if he didn't believe that he could go out there and win. Uh, Elsewhere on the Air Comfort Solutions sex line, on a scale of 1 to 10, what do you rate Josh Bates's potential to be a top two or three round NFL pick? Something about him seems special. I really like Josh Bates, man. That's a tough, hard-nosed, scrappy football player at the center position, and he's somewhat undersized, which I, I think is going to hamper his draft stock in terms of its ceiling. He's not the physical specimen that Creed Humphrey is slash was. And so I don't know that he gets drafted as high as Creed did. But if he goes out there, has a solid collegiate career, is a three-year starter, and is able to anchor that Oklahoma offensive line from the center position, then that's a guy that I believe could be a mid-round NFL draft pick, late day two, early day three. But again, I think there's always going to be a certain ceiling on how high a guy like that can go because of how small he is relative to the average offensive lineman. And He's not small relative to the average human being, but when you see him lined up against, or when you just get the chance to interact with him alongside the likes of Walter Rouse and Caleb Schaefer, Caden Green, man, he's <laughs> he's still a lot bigger than the average human being, but he's not nearly as big as the average offensive lineman. I hear that, and I saw at least uh, Ethan Downs a picture yesterday. I hear like Ethan Downs and Danny Stutzman look like they could be like competing for Mr. Olympia, like. And we saw progress last year, but did you see anybody, Parker? Was there anybody either with what they said or what they look like that you thought, wow, you know, that's different. That's not what I was expecting. Anything like that happened yesterday? I I was really impressed by Caleb Schaefer. Man, the Miami, Ohio transfer offensive lineman. We really didn't know anything about him when he announced that he'd be coming to Oklahoma. This was really anybody's first chance to interact with him, uh, get a sense of who he is and what his mission is. And look, he's 
He's got one year left at college football, and he's looking to make the most of it at Oklahoma. This was a business decision on his part to try to get to the NFL. But, man, he's a very intellectual, very well-read, very articulate kid, and he's also enormous, six foot five, 342 pounds. So one of those players that I think if you just spend some time around him, you get the sense that he's not going to squander this opportunity that he's been given, and he's going to fight tooth and nail for his spot on the depth chart and work his tail off in the weight room. So Caleb Schaefer is one guy that we probably haven't talked nearly as much about as some of these other transfers, but all of a sudden, after chatting with him at length yesterday, I'm super intrigued by what he's going to bring to this program. Okay, OU softball update, by the way, in uh, Jordy Ball with a couple strikeouts in the top of the first inning. Scoreless in Waco, Oklahoma at 5-0, and number one in the country, taking on uh, Longwood College, or it's uh, LU, Longwood University now. Uh, scoreless after the uh, top of the first. Sooners coming to the bat uh, in the bottom of the first. All right, we got a break right here, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, 405-651-3439, Air Comfort Solutions text line. I'm here at Riverwind Friday night. Get on out here. Play with your wild card. Keep in mind, a week from tomorrow night, they'll have the big drawing February 25th uh, for the Love to Get Away promotion. And five patrons out here are going to win $5,000 in cash each. That's how they do it here at Riverwind. That's why they're simply the best. We'll be right back. Let's go into Friday and the weekend. If you're just joining us, thank you. Mike Steely here at Riverwind Casino. Parker Thune back in the Buffalo Wild Wings uh, studio. Hey, Parker, can, uh, can, I, uh, can I do something today? Can I tell everybody out there, except for Mule Shoe, oh boy. that I love them? Can I do that? I just had an overwhelming feeling of thankfulness today you know i get to talk sports i get to do two things and get paid for it that i love to do talk sports and play video games and uh, i just i feel very blessed i got a great wife you you know i've got a great radio partner i have two good jobs i just feel very blessed so i just want to tell everybody that supports the ref everybody out there i love you i should have done that on valentine's day now we are still going to do enemy of the estate by the way in future segments. We named the people of Lubbock yesterday and a lot of other people. So, But I just feel a, a, a bunch of gratitude today. Well, that's good know. to hear, Steely. Thank you. I'm, you I'm glad to know that gratitude is overwhelming you on this Friday. It could also just be that it's a Friday. and That may be it. I feel like I had, this, I had the spirit of like the Dalai Lama today. Big hitter, the Lama, of course. <laughs> Mike Steely, the Dalai Lama. I just feel very grateful today. So I love you all except for Mule Shoe. Just saying, all right? Uh, do you want to get some texts in before we wrap up this hour? We're going to hear from Brent next hour. Uh, a lot of stuff from Brent next hour. And we're going to have our Friday chat with our friend Brandon Drum on the Riverwind Casino Hotline at 135. Tyler from Kellyville says, I love you more, Mike. See, let's get a feeling of love going around here. There's too much hatred out there. Now, Muleshoe can go, you know, that's like a, you know, what's, as far as I'm concerned, let's get a feeling of love going around today. It's the weekend. Elsewhere on the Air Comfort Solutions text line, 
There were a lot of impressive interviews yesterday. None more than Caleb Schaefer. What a great kid. Yeah, man, I like I said, I maybe had less familiarity with Caleb Schaefer than anybody that was attending media days yesterday amongst Oklahoma's crop of newcomers. I knew virtually nothing about the kid, but I uh, walked right up to him. He shook my hand, looked, you know, looked everybody in the eye, answered their questions. Just a tremendously polite, articulate kid. And you can tell he's here at Oklahoma to work. And he said, look, it's it. I'm not going to act like it's been the easiest thing in the world for me. He's from Indiana. He went to school at Miami of Ohio. And so he said, look, this is really the first time that I've been out of my comfort zone. This is the first time that I've been far from home on my own. But this was the decision I needed to make for my best interest. This was the decision I needed to make in order to give myself a shot at the NFL. And Oklahoma, the relationships here, the opportunity to develop under Coach Biedenboe, that ultimately won me over. So, man, it's it's hard not to root for Caleb Schaefer and – Obviously, you don't want to pick favorites necessarily, but he's one of those guys that you hope makes it in the offensive line room at Oklahoma this year because uh, he's a very, very easy guy to pull for. Do you see anything? Because, look, the guys that uh, that Muleshoe brought in and, you know, so many of the assistant coaches, well, like Bill Biedenboe and some of the other coaches were around, and, and they – they're never going to bring in a, a kid they know that's troubled. There's going to be a distraction. But do you notice a difference of the kind of kids that you're dealing with, you know, last year and in these interview sessions between, uh, you know, kind of the kids that Brent has brought in and some of the kids that Yoshu brought in? Is there a difference? There is a difference, and I think it's the camaraderie with one another, the relationships with one I think just the way that relationships are emphasized, not just from the coaching staff, but amongst these guys themselves. They brought in a lot of relationally-minded guys that are there not only to make themselves better, but to make everybody around them better. And that's one of the prevailing senses that I got in interacting with all these guys. Is It's, it's not clicky. It's not as if there are factions in that locker room. Everybody is out looking for everybody else's interests. Yeah, and we, we heard that really from P.J. Adabare in the clip we played earlier in the show. All right, let's get a couple more in, and then we'll get out of here for hour number one. Appreciate the love, Steely, says Patrick, but I still love the enemy of the state segment. Oh, yeah, well, I think we got to keep that going. Yeah, we got to keep that going. Zane says, Steely is thankful. Cue the Doug from Norman text. <laughs> Doug is fine. Doug is fine. We just got crossways for a little bit, just a little bit. Doug's fine. You know, every society, if we didn't question anything, you know, you got to have some people who question stuff out there. Doug is fine. Don't beat him up on the text line. This man served our country valiantly. So I'm just saying... You know, Doug sometimes can be the guy that's, you know, going to dump a bucket of cold water over everybody, but he means well, okay? On the topic of Tiger Woods. Tiger Woods is great, but today's modern advancements in equipment, ease of travel, nutrition, not an even field, sort of makes the discussion difficult. Jack Nicklaus is the all-time best. Oh, boy, Steely, you've started a goat debate in the world of golf. Well, look, I, I love Jack, too. I had a man crush on Jack, and 
you know, the two best golf memories for me are so simple. 2019 Augusta Tigers win, 86, you know, Jack's bag nine in the rally to beat Sebi and Greg Norman and Tom Kite uh, and those guys down the stretch. So I love Jack. I, and I watched Jack, you know, from about 75, 74, 75 on. So I got to see them both in their prime. I do think Tiger is a little bit better than Jack, in my opinion, but those two are separated from everybody else, whether it's Ben Hogan or Gary Player or Sevy or Rory or Brooks, any of them. Um, and, you know, but those two for me, I, I could watch those both of those guys play golf. And if you think Jack's a guy, I, I, I'm not going to say you're absolutely wrong. It's an opinion, and Jack had a great track record, man. From the 972 on the text line, Phil Pachotti got some thick eyebrows. He does indeed. That is factual. I didn't. He's, you know, that's weird. I didn't see the Pachotti video. I, really? I need to dig deeper. I forgot to. Uh, I was searching around last night and today, so I didn't see that. Let me tell you, Phil is also a large mammal, folks. Six foot three, two hundred and thirty-seven pounds, Steely, as an incoming freshman. Six three, two thirty-seven at linebacker. That'll play. So you're saying the uh, the fiercest tackle coming in the next few years will be the Pachotti Crunch? It may be. It may very well be. Who had, oh, it was the Veloci Crunch back in Happy Days when they had the uh, Demolition Derby, the Veloci Crunch. But at OU, we are anticipating now the Pachotti Crunch for a couple seasons. Okay, here at Riverwind, my favorite place besides Augusta National, my own home, Shea Stadium. And we'd love to see you out here as well. We've got another hour to go. Keep it here on The Ref. Here we go into hour number two on a Friday. Mike Steely here at Riverwind Casino. You have Parker back in the Buffalo Wild Wing Studios of The Ref here on this uh, fabulous Friday. Got Tiger on the course right now. And again, uh, after yesterday's round of 69, at last check through 12 holes today, Tiger was at even par for the day, two under for the tournament, and uh, currently in a tie for 25th. So, again, unless he falls apart, it does look like Tiger is at least going to be able to play the weekend. And now he's through 13 holes today um, out at Riviera. And uh, I thought yesterday played some pretty impressive golf. Played some pretty, pretty good golf. All right, hour number two presented by the Seth Wadley Auto Group in Paul's Valley. If you're looking for a car, truck, SUV, maybe you want to find a great-looking pre-owned vehicle, well, the Seth Wadley Auto Group in Paul's Valley is the place to be. They have a great selection, and they have that incredible guarantee, ironclad guarantee from Seth himself, oil changes, engines for life on new or used gas or diesel at no additional cost to you. That's a heck of a deal. Right there. All right, let's hear a couple of sound clips from Brent Venables here to start the hour. Uh, I, I think we all knew the uh, the roster turnover was pretty big, but we maybe maybe we didn't supersize the uh, the roster turnover. You know, we had the medium fries and a medium drink because fifty three again, and you'll hear Brent say this here in a minute. Fifty three of those seventy six players that. We're on the roster in the Alamo Bowl, are now gone. And there are a bunch of newcomers coming in as well. So, Brent, 
said, you know, he was going to strip this down and rebuild the foundation and everything. He wasn't lying. Yes, so I, here's yes, what I Brent thought, had yes, to say. I, yes, I thought this would be a great opportunity um, as we're in the middle of a massive roster rebuild, as we all know that the last 13 and a half months. And I think that the roster, the 21 roster for the Alamo Bowl, uh, we had 76 scholarship players. Uh, there's 53 of those 76 are, are no longer here. So there's been a massive uh, rebuild uh, the last several months. And we're bringing in 37 new scholarship players here by June 1st and 26 here at mid-year. So it's, uh, to, for me, it's incredibly important that I get these guys uh, uh, focused um, in front of everyone so that everyone can uh, get to know them and help facilitate you know, their transition sooner rather than later. There you go. So basically what's happening here, Parker Thune, it's kind of like when we go out to Cavens Construction and we talk about mold removal, right? Brent Venables is moving, removing the mule shoe mold off this deal in many ways. There's a sponsorship opportunity here somewhere, Steely. We need to we need to put this before Gary Cavins. Hopefully he's listening. There's a sponsorship opportunity here somewhere. But yes, that's a very good way of putting it. There's a lot of mule shoe mold that needs to be cleared out, and that has been cleared out to this point. We've talked at length about all the bad evals on the defensive side of the ball that Alex Grinch was ultimately responsible for and how how bare the cupboard was in terms of depth when Venables got to town at Oklahoma and I I always the best example I think is the 2020 class of defensive backs Justin Harrington Joshua Eaton Bryson Washington Kendall Dennis three of those guys are no longer on the roster transferred to G5 schools because that's all they could do and the fourth Justin Harrington tried to transfer had no takers had to come back to Oklahoma as a preferred walk-on none of those four have ever started a game as an Oklahoma Sooner yeah, I'm going to ask Gary when we're back out there if they also do mule shoe uh, mold removal out of Cayman's. Okay, here's what Brent had to say about all of the newcomers. I think once they all get here, when you consider the 2023 recruiting class and all the kids, 12 of them they got through the portal, they'll have 37. Here is Brent talking about the newcomers. What I've seen through four weeks with this group of guys, and we're doing everything from segments and walkthroughs and uh, just a lot of learning the playbooks on both, both sides of the ball. Uh, I've seen a com- great competitive depth, um, young men that chase excellence, football instincts, and, a lot, and, and really strong football intelligence, both with the high school and with the transfers. So uh, you know, meeting the needs where, where we need. Uh, you know, again, just going back, uh, the 37 guys that we're bringing in, and again, we've dressed the line, lines of scrimmage with 15 uh, offensive and defensive linemen, nine def- defensive linemen and six offensive linemen, uh, five linebackers, eight DBs uh, as well, uh, both, both safety and at corner, three tight ends, two running backs, uh, three wide receivers, and certainly uh, a quarterback in Jackson Arnold. All right, that's Brent talking about the newcomers. Parker, of all the uh, the high school kids, you know, there are a lot of uh, early enrollees. I think it was 13 or 14. Um, which of the uh, high school kids, you know, that aren't among the group of early enrollees do you think 
you know, are the, the still the chance to be impactful for Oklahoma? Who are the ones that you think they'd really like to see here, but ones who are, for whatever reasons, grades or, you know, just wanting to finish out their senior year? Who would they also like to have here as well that's not here and won't be here until the fall? Oh, man. I think Jaquay's Petaway and Keon Brown are two guys that both have very high ceilings at the wide receiver position and two guys that I could see forcing their way onto the field in year one, depending on how ready they are when they show up to compete with guys who have been playing at the collegiate speed for two, three years longer than they have. So I, I and I would also highlight Samuel Masigo. That's one guy that as much as I've seen of him and gosh, you can, I, I don't know if we talk nearly enough about Samuel Masigo being one of the highest ceiling defensive players, one of the highest ceiling defensive recruits of the past five or ten years for Oklahoma because I truly think he is. That guy has the opportunity to be a game changer at the linebacker or at the cheetah for Oklahoma. I think Brent Venables would love to have him on campus for spring ball. But Sammy wanted to enjoy his senior year of high school. He's going to do that. He's going to show up on campus in June. And I think as we've seen over the last couple years – from guys like Danny Stutzman and R. Mason Thomas, showing up in June doesn't necessarily mean you can't have an impact in year one. Doesn't necessarily mean you can't play a role in year one. So I I wouldn't look past those guys that won't be showing up until June when you think about which of these freshmen could play right off the bat because I certainly think there are several who aren't going to be on campus till the summer that still could find their way onto the field in a substantial capacity immediately. Yeah, and uh, you you liked uh, Sammy Amosigo very early, and he just kept rising up the rankings. That's all he did. So, again, he will be coming in uh, with the group uh, this summer, but uh, certainly appears to have a lot of potential. All right, let's update a couple things. First of all, OU Women's Softball. Sooners lead Longwood University uh, in the bottom of the second inning. A uh, sacrifice uh, RBI from T.R.A. Jennings scoring Jada Coleman. Oklahoma leads one to nothing out there uh, in Waco, where the Sooners are playing in the Getterman Classic. They play uh, again. They're playing Longwood University right now, leading one to nothing in the second. Uh, tomorrow they play SFA, Stephen F. Austin, the Lumberjacks at 12.30, and then Army at 5.30, both those games on Sooner Sports TV, like the one right now. And then on Sunday they play Baylor at noon. That will be an ESP, ESPN Plus uh, telecast, Oklahoma and Baylor. Uh, OU Baseball, Skip Johnson and company, that tremendous, exciting, big-time run they had to Omaha last year, national runner-up, uh, losing to Ole Miss in the final but hoping to carry over that momentum from Omaha to a great season this year. They start today at 3 o'clock against California Baptist at Mitchell Park. They will also play uh, a game Saturday at 2 o'clock and then a Sunday game at 3 o'clock at Mitchell Park. Three-game set with California Baptist. Tiger Woods out on the course at Riviera after firing an opening round 69 yesterday, birdieing 16, 17, and 18 down the stretch with his good buddies, uh, Justin Thomas and Rory McElroy. Tigers through 13 today out at uh, the Genesis, Genesis Invitational at Riviera. And Tiger is even par for the day, two under for the tournament, tied for 25th, but well inside the projected cut line of even par. So unless Tiger 
has some problems down the stretch, he is going to play the weekend. What are your weekend plans, Parker? I don't really have any weekend plans, Steely. What? Nobody to cover this weekend? No, I'm not traveling this weekend. I'm going to stay local just because there's also so much stuff to catch up on from media day. Or I guess they're not calling it media day. But from all the sessions we had yesterday, there's so much to write up. There's so much to get out there in front of the in front of the folks that haven't gotten the chance to experience Dalen Smothers, Ashton Sanders, Caleb Schaefer, Trace Ford, Rondell Bothroy, right? Not just the guys that everybody's heard from and Jackson Arnold and Peyton Bowen and P.J., Caden Green, Derek LeBlanc, but also some of these guys like, like Phil Pachotti, right, that many of these fans haven't heard from, haven't gotten quotes on, uh, haven't seen face-to-face yet. So that's going to be my priority over the weekend, just getting out as much of that content as possible in both written and multimedia form. And so I'm taking a week off from travel. I may make a couple of stops around the Sooner State this weekend, checking in on some top 24 and 25 kids. But no travel for me this weekend. It is not in the plans. You know what? You need a break every now and then. You can't be like Jack Torrance in The uh, the Shining. You're going to be sitting there typing all work and no play makes Parker a dull boy like 75,000 times in a row. You need to get out there and get social, too. When is that going to happen? When is that going to happen? Yes, like get out there and just put work aside for just, you know, like a day. Listen, Steely, I, I, I feel as though I can, I can put work aside when I need to. I try to maintain that balance day in and day out. Now, sometimes it's difficult. During football season, it's certainly difficult because that usually means I'm traveling Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. But in the off season, it's, it is always nice to have a weekend like this where I don't have to drive anywhere, don't have to be anywhere can just sit at home in front of a computer screen and write. Or go sit out on the patio at a coffee shop or something. Or go to campus and just sit somewhere and get stuff done. There you go. Well, like I said, I just don't want you to turn into uh, Jack Torrance from The Shining because he worked so hard that he ended up chasing his, you know, uh, going after his wife with an axe, and then he chased his son uh, Danny through that frozen maze outside the Overlook Hotel and ended up frozen to death. So I want you to make sure you put your work aside every now and then. Like yesterday, you know what? I saw, I usually stream Monday through Thursday from about 2.45 to 5.45, and we play video games and talk sports, and we promote Riverwind. Uh, It's just a way to keep me young, you know, so I can be a child again. But I saw Tiger's Tea Time, and I thought, you know what? I am taking Thursday off, and yesterday I sat on the couch and watched just about every single swing from Tiger, Rory, and JT. I only missed the first hole when I was driving home, and it was glorious. It was absolutely glorious. I loved every second of it. All right, let's take a break right here. We have Brandon Drum on the way at 135. I'm here at Riverwind. Don't forget, Beats and Bites is back, ladies and gentlemen, May 27th, the first show out. The Outdoor Concert Series, also presented by Coop Aleworks Outdoors at Riverwind, May 27th, 38th special, Blue Oyster Cult, June 10th. How about the Gin Blossoms with Tonic and Soul Asylum? Mark Chestnut, Shenandoah, and Tracy Bird on July 8th. And on uh, um, August 26th, 
it's Gary Allen. So let's get this going, man. It's great. Under the lights, outdoors, food trucks everywhere. Bring the kids. It's a kid-friendly environment. All kinds of food trucks. Any Anything you're looking for cuisine-wise, they're going to have it. You'll have a great time at Beats and Bites 2023. Tickets available. They're cheap for these shows, 5 bucks a piece at riverwind.com. So get online now. We'll be right back. Okay, welcome back. Here at Riverwind, we do have Brandon Drum on the way on the Riverwind Casino Hotline coming up in our next segment, Friday night, steak night here at the River Buffet. Be a great time to come out and enjoy uh, all-you-can-eat steak with all the great side dishes and dessert bar afterwards. Chips and Ales Pub Restaurant, a great option as well. They've got a great food court, big-time gift shop, world-class hotel, everything here at Riverwind Casino. Of course, the plus 2,800 electronic games, great poker room, great promotions, great service, everything you need. It's like a one-stop entertainment shop. Plus, you can eat here. If you want to stay overnight, you can do that in the uh, big-time hotel attached to the casino. Everything's always happening here at Riverwind Casino. There's a reason they are voted the metro area's best casino year after year after year. Okay. Do we have our Tiger Woods open, ready to go? Let's roll that if we can. On the tee from USA, Tiger Woods. Get ready. Woo. We are doing and we're doing it better than anybody else alive. Johnny, that's better than most. How about him? That is better than most. Better than most. You knew that I was going to be the biggest I know a lot of people in this room thought I was done, but I'm not. Now let's do this! All right, Tiger update, second round, Genesis Invitational. He has played 14 holes. He played the backside first today. He is moving on to hole number six. Four holes left today, even par for the day, two under for the tournament. Uh, well within the cut line right now by three shots. Looks like Tiger is going to play the weekend. Uh, he made a 10-footer for par uh, moments ago on uh, four. On uh, Yeah, it was four. That was really big. And uh, But he's also missed some birdie chances. I was watching early this morning, and on his second and third holes of the day, he had birdie putts inside 10 feet that just missed. So, Again, the putter may be a little bit rusty, although it did catch fire down the stretch yesterday when he birdied 16, 17, and 18. Let's hear from Tiger, by the way, when he was asked about uh, that finish yesterday, that dramatic finish on 18. Emotion. Well, I think it's the, the group, okay? So, you know, JT hoops one in there, and then Rory's, you know, been, been beating us all day, and... Uh, you know, he's nervous as can be because he didn't want to be the one to, to miss on 18. And I, I didn't want to be the the idiot host to miss it right in front of everybody after I just went birdie, birdie. You know, these are all things that, go, that we all say amongst each other. Um, but obviously people don't hear it, but you know, Caddy's here and we all hear it. And it was, it was a great round, ebb and flow of us uh, needling each other, encouraging each other. And telling stories because I, I haven't been out here, so I had missed uh, some of the things that have transpired on tour, which is kind of fun. 
There you go. Speaking of uh, needling each other, did you happen to see the picture of a – keep in mind that Justin Thomas right now has probably been Tiger's best buddy for about oh, the last five years or so. Uh, JT, who won at Southern Hills again uh, last year, won another major. But and they play golf together all the time. They're tight. But did you see the picture, Parker? Oh, of what I saw Tiger the picture. Handed him? Yeah, we all saw the picture. Just in case you didn't know, Tiger was he just outdrove Justin Thomas. Okay, and yesterday a few times he outdrove Rory as well. Now again, that kind of stuff happens on the golf course where you you know you needle one of your buddies. Of course, I never needle anybody because I never outdrive anybody. I'm I'm like the Fred Funk of uh, my tour, uh, but it doesn't go straight like Fred Funk's used to go. But anyway, so Tiger, they're walking kind of, you know, right by each other, and Tiger hands Justin Thomas a, uh, how can I term this? A feminine hygiene product. There you go. Perfect. And there are some people who are really, really upset about that. Sarah Spain, Christine Brennan, what do you think? Is that overblown? Should people be upset about that? No. Why? Why would people be upset about it? To me, look, it's, it's just not some like shade. It, yes, and here's the deal: it's not like part, or it's not like Tiger was walking down the fairway holding that thing out in front of everybody. Look what I'm going to give him right here. This is, you know, he slipped it. Very. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like serendipitously does that work i don't surreptitious know surreptitious is the word you're looking there for. you go see your vo- your vocab see i think i've got a pretty good vocabulary and then you always body slam me that's all right <laughs> somebody's got to be the better man but no it's uh so you know and it's only because somebody zoomed in on that and and got the image and then it went out everywhere you know um i don't know i mean why, that kind why of stuff do goes jokes out- offend people these days I, because people are so damn sensitive. And look, there's some stuff that's inappropriate out there. Am I saying, you know, would I do that? No, I wouldn't do that. But I might needle a guy. Man, you let the old man out drive you by 25 yards? Are you kidding me? Uh, you know, that kind of stuff happens between buddies on the golf course. He did it. He handed it to his best friend. JT was smiling about it. We all thought... You know, and maybe it, it was a combination of both. If you saw the video after 18 when they were waiting on Rory to putt out and uh, they both, you know, finished great, JT and Tiger, and Tiger birdied, you know, 16, 17, and 18. And Tiger looks over at JT and he's got this wry grin on his face. And JT's got a grin and he's just kind of shaking his head. And we all kind of thought, man, just when we count this guy out and think he can't play at this level, he proves us wrong. And maybe that was it. But it also might have been that joke between two best friends. And I just think, you know, part of here's why this stuff blows up. Okay? Like I said, do I think it's totally a classy thing? No. But this should not be a huge deal. And it shouldn't have blown up with some people the way it did. But on social media, everybody is looking for what? Engagement. What did I tell you the other day about somebody who worked with uh, the Clay Travis dude or knows him? Said that a lot of the stuff he tweets, he doesn't necessarily believe, but he wants engagement. 
which is kind of sad, actually. It's not kind of it. It really is. But I don't know. I think everybody, nobody, well, I don't want nobody's too strong, but some few people, you know, sit and think about a situation and think there's middle ground or there's a gray area because that's considered weak. If you do that, you've got to have a bold, hot take on everything. But I think this was overblown by some people. So, anyway. Everybody is ratioing this on Twitter, too. I'm scrolling yeah. through now, which is nice to see. Yes. Like I said, I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't take the time to bring a feminine hygiene product out on the golf course if we were playing. And if I outdrove you by 30 yards, which probably wouldn't happen, I wouldn't hand that to you. That's not my style. But, again, those that's between two buddies it was a totally, it was not a private moment because they're in a public setting in front of a ton of fans. But like I said, it's not like Tiger was waving that in front of her. Hey, everybody, <laughs> did you see that I outdrove JT? Guess what that, yeah, yeah, I'm giving this to him. I mean, sometimes, like I said, circling the drain is what we're doing right now in human history. Now, it might take two three hundred years for us to finally circle the drain completely but we're starting to circle the drain right now we really are in my opinion okay 405-651-3439 air comfort solutions tax line let's break right here here at riverwind casino i'm mike steely back in the buffalo wild wing studios the one and only parker thune and we're back together again with you guys and uh, also Brandon Drum coming up next, talking what else, Sooner football, next. Back with our friend Brandon Drum joining us. He does each and every Friday on the Riverwind Casino Hotline. I am out here at Riverwind. Man, it looks fantastic out here. The renovations look amazing, and they are getting close to the finish line. Not not quite yet, but we're getting closer. But I got to tell you, this place always looks great. It looks even better. So get on out of here. Play with your wild card. Uh, don't forget, a week from tomorrow night on February 25th, they'll be drawing uh, and announcing winners among the patrons. They're giving away a bunch of cash and bonus play in a 75K Love to Getaway promotion for February. And they'll be giving away just before midnight. Five grand prize awards of $5,000 in cash each for five different patrons. Get out of here. Earn your extra entries by playing with your wild card. There's always a jackpot. There's always a great time. There are always great dining options. Coupe House Bar is big time. Everything's happening here at Riverwind Casino. Brandon Drum, you were out and about yesterday with that uh, media bonanza. Uh, mm-hmm. what, uh, anything stand out to you after talking to, uh, all those, uh, new newcomers yesterday? Uh, I mean, yeah, I, I think outside of the newcomers, I thought Venables was very candid in his feelings for team 128 in comparison to team 129. And I also thought he was very candid in Danny Stutzman, um, and his expectations for him, calling him the best player on the defense. So, I mean, uh, I think everybody would agree that he's the best player on the defense at this point, like, and not even close. But outside of maybe Billy Bowman, I think could probably 
be somebody that could be argued in that vein, but uh, that, that kind of stood out to me a little bit. I thought how he said that there was just guys, just kind of space fillers last year in the secondary, but he thinks they have depth and talent this year in the secondary better than, you know, in comparison to some of the teams that he's been around. I thought that was pretty interesting. Um, and then kind of his continued dogging on the defensive line. <laughs> so um, he just continues to harp on how much better it has to be. And when you talk to people around the program, they continue to say the same thing. But there is a very big trust in, you know, guys like P.J. Atabare, uh Bothroy, Trace Ford, even though he's not cleared yet to play or go through workouts. Um there's a trust in them. There's a trust in Ethan Downs, being that he's a second-team All-American, adding weight, could be a guy that slides inside and outside. There's a trust in R. Mason Thomas. There's a trust uh, in, you know, Isaiah Coe. Um, there's a trust in Grayson Haltom. They trust these guys to be a lot better, and he says that the defensive line will be a lot better this year. So I thought all those type of things stood out as far as the players. Uh, I, You know, Bothroyd was very, very candid in everything that he did. Like, he even came out and said, like, the second Oklahoma offered him, like, they were up at the top of his list. And he talked to uh, Notre Dame, obviously, with his quarterback going up there and one of his close friends from Wake Forest. Um, but even with that, he goes, I only visited Auburn and Oklahoma and then quickly made a decision right after the visit to Oklahoma, like, that's home. He goes, and I asked him why, like, what made you do that? And he said, Brent Venables is a genius. He goes, I've played against him my whole career. I went against his defenses. I watched how he got people in the right spots to make the plays. And he goes, I feel like I'm good enough to do that. He's going to put me in position to be a better NFL guy. I thought Deshaun McCullough was a better uh, was one of the better interviews as well. Uh, instantly said, like, the second he got in the portal, uh, Oklahoma was one of the first people to contact him. Obviously, his brother being one of those guys that uh, Oklahoma was recruiting. But he said that didn't even matter. He goes, it was just a previous relationship with the staff that he already he had already accrued during his recruitment. And I asked about Ohio State because he was committed to Ohio State at one point. And he said, no, that didn't even cross his mind. He goes, they reached out. He goes, but I was solely focused on Oklahoma. The second they reached out, the second they offered, the second I set up the visit, he goes, I wanted a clear mind, clear head, wanted to make sure that I felt like I was in the right spot. Uh, my family felt like we were going to the right spot. And he said that, you know, Roy Williams, uh, obviously uh, Isaiah Simmons, all those guys that played the cheetah position or the Roy backer position and their success in the NFL, their success at the collegiate level, that spoke to him and they showed him all the things that they were going to do with him. And he said instantly, he goes, I was at home and I made that decision very quickly. So there was a lot of really, really uh, cool things. And I thought another thing was when I was talking to Peyton Bowen, he said essentially, you know, I – I, I was committed and signed to Oklahoma before Jackson Arnold even called me to try to give me his, you know, final spill after I had got out of, you know, my Oregon commitment. 
and kind of pushed Notre Dame to the side. So he, nobody had known except for a few of the OU staffers um, and Jackson obviously didn't find out until midnight or shortly after uh, and never got to give his final spill to Peyton Bowen. So there were some pretty cool, candid things that were uh, talked about. Uh, but it was it was pretty cool that Venables had that put on for everybody, that he came out and spoke so candidly and allowed all 25 newcomers to come in and do so as well. With regard to Peyton Bowen, Brandon, what does it say about that kid that at five foot 11, 188 pounds, Brent Venables has decided he's going to work at Cheetah alongside Reggie Pearson, Disson mm-hmm. McCullough, and Justin Harrington? Justin Harrington, yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, look, he he's playing safety too. Like, and I asked him. He goes, "Look, I prefer safety because my range, my speed, how I can bait quarterbacks, all that type of stuff." He goes, but he said, "You know, I don't mind playing close to the line." He goes, "I did both uh, at Denton Guyer. He said, I, "Our our calls were very similar." Our scheme was very similar. He goes, so it's been really easy for me to come in and make that transition. And I, I find that pretty ironic that both defensively and offensively, Geyer is eerily similar to what Oklahoma does on both sides of the ball, making it very easy for guys like a Jackson Arnold and a guy like Peyton Bowen to come in and know the calls, learn the playbook, and learn how to play, and obviously – Jackson's not playing multiple positions, but for Peyton to be able to play multiple positions and do it really well and earn the respect of the players already so early, both of those guys. I, it speaks volumes for that Geyer program. It speaks volumes, obviously, for Coach Reed down there. It speaks volumes for everything that that program entails and Denton, and then you see what they're doing here at Oklahoma already in the first month or so in being in Norman. And that's huge, in my opinion. Like I think that that they're building leaders for tomorrow, not just 2023, but 24, 25, and beyond. And I think that's something Venables really wanted. He couldn't get done in 22 right off the bat, but I think they're at a really good point in 23 to where there's a lot of growth going on in this program. Okay, Brandon, about 90 seconds left. Uh, Parker has talked about he still thinks Michael Hawkins would be the first commit in the 2024 class. Do you agree mm-hmm. with him? And then secondly, who do you think would be the second commit in the 2024 oh, class for OU? Uh, I would go probably, man, uh, maybe like a Zion Kearney or – uh, Peoples running back out of, uh, uh, I think Missouri City would be one, one of the guys that I could see popping early. And honestly, it wouldn't shock me if maybe, you know, defensively, uh, maybe uh, Peyton Pierce decides to shut things down fairly quickly after he shows up to Norman for that, um, uh, the next junior day that he goes to at Oklahoma. So. I mean, those are the guys. I mean, Parker, am I missing somebody off the top of my head that we talked about being close here? Uh, Bryant Wesco would probably be one I would well, throw Bryant in Bryant Wesco, but yeah. no, he says he wants to take a few visits. I agree with you, though. I don't know that it's going to get to that point. I think he's going to show back up to Norman, 
there's just too many connections there. I think those are probably the guys off the top of my head that I would say that would join fairly soon uh, if Hawkins was to pop first. There you go, ladies and gentlemen. Brandon Drum, 247sportsouinsider.com. He's with us every Friday on the Riverwind Casino Hotline. Brandon, we appreciate it as usual, man. Thank you. Talk to you next week. All right. Thank you, guys. Brandon Drum joining us. I'm here at Riverwind. And, by the way, Beats and Bites is coming back. What is Beats and Bites, if you don't know? It's Riverwind's outdoor concert series presented by Riverwind and Coop Ale Works, the great craft beer company. After all, we have the Coop Ale House Bar right here inside Riverwind Casino. This will be the seventh consecutive year we've had outdoor concerts at Riverwind. And food trucks are everywhere. It's a kid-friendly environment. You do have great craft beer from uh, Coop Ale Works. And then we've got some great music as well. First show out, May 27, 38 special in Blue Oyster Colts. You know, you immediately think, uh, don't fear the Reaper, Godzilla burning for you for Blue Oyster Colt, more cowbell. Maybe you can bring your cowbell. Bring your own cowbell. All right? Christopher Walken would love it if you did that. And then uh, hold on loosely, caught up in you, Fantasy Girl, all the 38 special hits, May 27th on the Beats and Bites stage. June 10th, Gin Blossoms, Tonic, and Soul Asylum. I love of those groups. I like Soul Asylum the best. That's going to be a heck of a show. Mark Chestnut, Shenandoah, and Tracy Bird, July 8th. And then in August, on August 26th, Gary Allen will be the final show of the uh, summer concert series for 2023. The Beats and Bites Festival here outdoors at Riverwind. You can get your tickets. They're only 5 bucks a piece online right now. Get them. Get them now. Get them now at riverwind.com. Can't wait, as Bart Scott once said, for May 27th. That'll be a heck of a show. All right, we got a break right here. Coming back, we've got one more segment for you here on The Ref, the home of Sooner fans. When we get back, uh, we'll check in on the OU softball score, the Tiger update, and more next here on the home of Sooner fans. Back with you one final segment here. Mike Steely at Riverwind Casino. Let's update you on what's happening uh, right now. Sooner baseball team will open up the season here in a little over an hour at Mitchell Park against California Baptist. Skip Johnson and company will play a game against Cal Baptist today at 3, tomorrow at 2, and Sunday at 3 p.m. So, uh, again, a little over an hour away and they've got $4 beers and $5 admission today. Get on out there and support a little Sooner baseball today. Softball, Sooners in the Getterman Classic. Patty Yasso and company uh, leading 7 to nothing in the third inning. Sophia Nugent with a uh, home run for OU. Elisa Brito had a RBI triple. Jordy Ball has been dominating, and the Sooners are about to run rule Longwood University. Tomorrow they will play... Uh, Stephen F. Austin at 12.30, and then Army at 5.30, both those games on Sooner Sports TV. And then Sunday, Baylor, and that game will be a noon matchup on ESPN+. Tiger has gone back to minus one. He bogeyed this hole number six today. He started uh, his second round on the backside today, and then his second nine is the front nine. So he has two holes left, the cut line at one over right now, and again, 
Tigers at minus one with two holes left to play. Uh, just made a big par putt, uh, par saving putt again uh, on the previous hole. But again, uh, Tiger is one over for the day, one under for the tournament, but right now within the cut line, and it looks like he's going to play the weekend. And the Sooner basketball team, of course, tomorrow in Austin, 1 o'clock on ESPN Plus against Texas. Uh, so that should be interesting. The Sooner women play uh, Kansas this weekend on the road. And uh, tonight, NBA All-Star break, you have Josh Giddy and Jalen Williams, J-Dub, playing in the Rising Stars Challenge tonight at 8 o'clock. And uh, they'll be playing for Joakim Noah's team. It's a four-team tournament. They've split up the rosters, and uh, they're going to play a little mini four-team tournament. And so Josh Giddy and Jalen Williams will be taking part in the festivities there tonight. SGA will be in the game on Sunday. And uh, also, All-Star Saturday night, Parker, Buddy Heald in the three-point shootout, former Sooner great. And all Buddy Heald has done is break Reggie Miller's all-time single-season Indiana Pacers record for three-pointers made. So Buddy has always been a prolific uh, three-point shooter. He'll be in the three-point contest coming up Saturday night. Yeah, whenever you're shooting, that? whenever you're shooting three-pointers at a more prolific clip than one Reggie Miller, you know you're doing something right. Yeah, no doubt. I wish they would have selected Isaiah Joe. I mean, from OKC, he's the second best three-point percentage shooter in the NBA this season, but they didn't. So, um, what is your favorite if you had to pick one NBA All Star? weekend moment and i think most people would go to you know the slam dunk or the three-point shootout rather than game stuff is there one that stands out to you i nba all-star weekend has become more gimmicky over the last decade i would say and it's become less entertaining the slam dunk contest used to be a ton of fun yeah it is less fun than it used to be far less fun than it used to be the golden age of the slam dunk contest was back when Gerald Green was blowing out the candle on a cupcake on the back of the rim or Blake Griffin was jumping over a car. But these days it's more about gimmicks than it is about anything else. So that used to be the one thing. Obviously nobody cares about the NBA All-Star game. Those guys job up and jog up and down right. the court all night long. The three-point shootout, I mean. There's I, only one good All-Star game, right? And that's the Major League Baseball All-Star game. And I still, I'm not going to sit here and tell you I watch all of that either. Here's, here's my moment. Larry Joe Bird telling everybody who's, you know, you're all going to get second place. Didn't even take off his warm-up top. Pointed as the last ball went through. And that, ladies and gentlemen, was my number one moment. What about, like, Blake, Blake Griffin jumping over the car for you, maybe? Oh, man. I'm trying to think. That's see, I remember that one so vividly because, of course, he's a former Sooner in the dunk contest. I think I was 12 years old at the time, and so obviously, really pulling for Blake Griffin to bring that one home, which ultimately he did. And the car dunk was the most memorable dunk of that entire uh, contest. Uh, Aaron Gordon, Zach Levine—they've put on some impressive individual performances at the dunk contest in years gone by, but. For me, it's really always been about the dunk contest. That provides the most entertainment on NBA All-Star Weekend by a long shot. To me, the uh, the greatest ever dunk still was Dr. J in the ABA All-Star game when he really took off behind the free throw line with the afro and everything. That 
was the greatest dunk contest moment for me. Vince Carter was pretty good, too. But uh, anyway, Blake's dunk I liked a lot, but it was basically a Kia commercial. So, you know, you know how it goes. All right, thank you to my friends here at Riverwind. Justin, you guys, great hosts as normal. And, again, I love being out here. There's so much to talk about, so many things to do, so many jackpots to win. It is always happening here at Riverwind Casino. Thank you to the Seth Wadley Auto Group in Paul's Valley. We appreciate you guys as well. Parker, have a great weekend. Locked in is coming up next. Everybody, have a great Friday.